Ba-da-da-da. Welcome to Fourth Time's the Charm, where niche is neat. I'm your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt, and the ooey-gooey Shea Butter Monty Ooh. in the house. Matt, I, I gotta Moist. say, we've gone two, from... Two times in a row of moisture for Monty. <laughs> the joys of my youth, of the Vectrex, oh. all the way... <laughs> uh, to a movie from the 60s <laughs> film code era movie mm-hmm. that's about murder <laughs> that's about rape well, it includes. Wow. It's not about rape. What? It just includes. What those movie two did things. you watch? No, Holy but, but you're misrepresenting. Mon- Monty, Monty, Matt, don't say anything. You're don't doing say a ba- anything. You're doing a bad job here. You're misleading our fans. <laughs> it sounds really disturbing what you made him Matt, watch. Was it okay, a well, snuff it film or something? I wish. Matt, Matt, step step aside here. Monty, when what? I tell you the name of the okay. movie, you're the Witchfinder General. Does that give you the impression of, oh, this is going to be a fun, lighthearted movie? Sorry, come again? What's the name of the title again? The Witchfinder General and from remind 1968. You, and remind you, we just watched Haxon. No, no, no. Yes, that's important. I said step out. I no, said fuck step you. out, Matt. Because the, you were delivered the film in the context of the movie Haxon. You know Monty, what? I, what, I, I, what vibe? You said the witch... The Witch Finder General, like the, the witch Surgeon Finder General. General. Yeah, but it's the witch I don't know. I, I, I honestly, I interpret it as there's a witch hunter. See, practice. That's a real shea butter response. Practical. No, no, no. What no, a good It makes man. sense. It makes sense. It it's does. Like, it makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah, but I thought, I thought I it was agree. going to be like. Oh, the Surgeon General warning says you shouldn't take these drugs. But, why? Well, the witch why would I do that? Like, like, why, no why would that? No, who's making that stupid fucking movie in 1968? <laughs> I, I, I was flabbergasted last week at your initial reaction to me giving you this film. It's like and I, I thought like, this was like, going to be a lighthearted. The, the explanation romp. of that confusion makes me upset. It's kind of like saying the the vampire steak hitter. Like, if I just think of a movie like, about a vampire like, hunter. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't think it's like a, <laughs> a pornographic But it's a silly way. name. <laughs> no, because it's a historically relevant name for what he was... Oh yeah. my God. I didn't yeah, know no, that. That's how I picture it. I didn't know that. <laughs> Look, I just, you I just, just think Haxon. it's a movie about a, a witch hunter. That's all I'm going to say. So. Yeah, and you're goddamn right it is, Monty. Yeah. With the tranquility of rural England shattered by civil war, evil was spawned at a time of strife in the land. Take him, Stern. Look for the devil's marks upon him. Right. Help it, you two. Pounding the innocent in violence and terror, this evil man showed no mercy in the pursuit and interrogation of his victims. He was called the Witch Finder General. And amidst the horror of the witch hunt, a story of tender young love. Didn't your uncle just say you must earn it to bed? He did. And isn't he a wise man? He is. But even their innocence is cruelly corrupted by the vile touch of the witch finder general. My motive in coming here was to find the truth. Vincent Price is the witch finder general. Lust and greed were his only gods. The money from the magistrate, nine guineas in silver. Good. Now we can leave. Ian Ogilvy as Richard Marshall. 
he stood alone against the forces of devilish destruction. And tis in thy sight, O Lord, that I hereby swear I shall not rest from the pursuit of his murderers till they stand before thee, ready to answer to thee for their sins. Rupert Davies as John Lowe's. Master Marshall, welcome. Patrick Weimark as Oliver Cromwell. Amongst the most pleasurable aspects of victory, gentlemen, is the opportunity it affords to reward valour. It ranks almost with good food. And Wilfred Bramble. And uh, what line of business might you be in? God's business. Which finding? Which finding? Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. And introducing Hilary Dwyer as Sarah. Filmed in authentic detail and photographed with piercing realism against the actual background of peaceful villages and quiet countryside. Never has England looked so beautiful, yet been so violent. I'm your man friend. John Stern, they call me. Man's inhumanity to man portrayed on the screen so vividly that you flinch. So real that you too will fear the witch finder general. Be the first to see it. Be the first to talk about it. The witch finder general. 1968's Witchfinder General by Michael Reeves, starring Vincent Price, co-written by his uh, Reeves' longtime collaborator Tom Baker, tells the story of Matthew Hopkins. Matthew Hopkins was one of the most notoriously brutal and incredibly vicious men in the 1400s. Now, during the 1400s, there was a massive civil war occurring across England, and in the and in the folds of this, this individual Matthew Hopkins, who was a failed attorney and a rough up friend of his um, decided to travel the land hunting down witches now in reality uh, Matthew Hopkins was a pretty brutal individual and actually used the text that inspired the film we watched last week Haxon and that he used the text the Maleficus Maleficarum which was a, uh, a, a, a 11th or a 14th century um, written book that allowed people to hunt witches and know how to hurt them um oh wait i gotta fucking restart my intro this actually takes place in the 1600s 200 years after the release of the maleficus maleficarum sorry take everything i said and imagine i started it by saying 1640s um, <laughs> you, you, you know matt that was enough right there i can chop it up and just add that in there so just keep going i i don't believe you I'll change it. Uh, no, I'll do it. I'll do no, it. just keep this in. This is the explanation's part of it. My rage should be contained on on, on audio. Okay, <laughs> um, hey, even better. I was going to do it and not tell you, but I guess I'll just leave it in regardless. But. Okay, good. Yeah, all right. Um, so the story tell, tells a, a snippet of the tale of this man, Matthew Hopkins, who not only was a fan and read the Maleficus Maleficarum, he actually wrote his own novel. Um, not necessarily novel. I guess you would call it a instructional guide on hunting witches um and in this and in this collection he at one point refers to himself as the witch finder general this 1670 uh, 47 book called the discovery of witches led to the inspiration of a book called the witch finder general telling the uh, fictionalized version of matthew hopkins life and brutalizing and making him even worse than what was reported him to be but who knows the true crimes that he took and this movie takes a snippet of that cruelty a a lens very similar to last week's film Haxon, that how the the witch trials and the hunt for witches was a horrific thing 
It was a brutal thing that was done for no good reason besides money, greed, and desire. And that's what this movie picks. One of the first three movies that laid the foundation for folk horror that we know today. This is Matthew Michael Reeves' Witchfinder General. Now, Ben, this was your homework. I know you were surprised. Um, Starring but, Vincent Price himself. Yeah, sir, with Vincent Price. And actually, Vincent Price's inclusion is, is rather funny. So, Ben, you did mention that you expected the movie to be a little bit of a slapstick film. Yeah, a little um, bit. The original script um, that was being written was actually being written specifically with Donald Pleasance in mind playing Matthew Hopkins. Um, Donald Pleasance, famous for Halloween and Prince of Darkness. I can see it. Um, well, and it was originally written for him to be like a, Oh man, I'm really bad at my job. I can't find these darn <laughs> witches. So uh, I was right. I wasn't wrong. In a, Someone in a else saw the so, vision I saw. So they did, but it still contained all of the brutality. Okay, that's weird. So that's then what happened then. was when um, Michael Reeves was trying to get funding for the film, he reached out to a, uh, a company called API, which is uh, the an American film production house. AIP. AIP, sorry. Um, who released tons of films and they required the studio to bring on Vincent Price in the titular role. So then Michael Reeves and Tom Baker kind of restructured the script um, with Vincent Price in mind, realizing they were going to have to make him more of a traditional villain due to his imposing nature. Um, and I, what I find really interesting at, at the time of filming, this was Price's 75th, 75th film and his 17th with a, uh, AIP. Um, and yeah, so the really kind of restructured the movie. Yeah. So the earlier versions or the earlier movies he did with AIP, at least some of Mm -hmm. them were projects directed by Roger Corman. Yeah. They were apparently adaptations of Edgar Allan Poe works. Yeah, which is why the the American release of the movie had Conqueror Worm. Yes, the, the Conqueror Conquer- Worm was yeah. the U.S. release title, which of makes this. no sense. And and the U.S. edit actually contains the poem "The Conqueror Worm" by Edgar Allan Poe at the end, just to tie it in. Just because they were like, "Well, there's got to be something in there," because they figured it what- would make the money and. This movie was... Whatever works. Yeah, whatever works. This was an incredibly low-budget affair. Uh, it only had a budget of about $83,000. Even in 1960, that's a tiny amount of money. And it ended up spending about $100,000 after production. Um, but the production house that originally um, produced the movie, uh, Tygon, Film, Tygon Pictures, um, actually decided to fund the movie as a, like a $100,000 tax write-off. Uh, not thinking it was actually going to make any money, which it ended up actually doing rather well um, for, for 1968. Um, so Ben, tell, tell the listeners what, what you went through at the, with the opening of this movie and kind of what the plot takes us along the journey of. Good Lord. Did you see what happened to Michael Reeves after this movie? Yeah. He, that's part of the reason the movie got so much attention. Oh, okay. He... Okay. Well, we'll get there. We'll yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. It, that comes uh, after so we talk about the plot. It's, it's interesting. Uh, this movie for me is like a midpoint between Haxon mm-hmm. and 
uh, and um, Wicker Man. Yes. Just not not even in terms of the subject matter, although in a way it is, but it's like we, the same. It, it's it's like this bridge in vibe. Whereas yes. Wicker Man is clearly a movie, right? It's it's a very out there spiritual it's, pagan. It's, it's one of the greatest movie. movies ever made. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's one of the greatest movies ever. But like, it is still a movie. It is a yeah. classical, in its sense, movie. Haxon is an episode of America's Most Wanted if ha- the show focused on horror. Haxon's a really early YouTube video essay. Yes, it's made a YouTube better essay. than any other YouTube video essay has ever been made. Yes. Then in the brutal. middle, then in the middle, you have Witchfinder General, Ooh. which looks like a modern movie of the '60s. In the, it kind of has that 70s exploitation vibe to it in its filming. You know, kind like of, La- Last but, House on the Left, I Spit on Your Grave style. But mm. the tonal shift in the movie <laughs> is so alarming. Yeah. Where the majority of the film is just... The main character traipsing along. Haha, <laughs> I'm a soldier and and there's war, but it takes place off screen and I'm in my bright but red the mo- shirt. The movie, the movie does open with a hanging. Sure, but like, like a brutal, <laughs> like maybe 45 second shot of a woman shrieking as they slowly hang her. She passes out unconscious. Great acting, by the way. Before they, right. they drag her partially limped, barely decrepit body up to get hung. Yes. And that's the other end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like a film code era American movie mm-hmm. where all the bad things are things that aren't said on screen or aren't shown on screen. And then just randomly it hits you with an extraordinarily violent scene. And because it doesn't play it as being super over the top and violent, it's not doing it like Mortal Kombat does a fatality, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It does it like if you're watching a live leak video of someone stabbing a person in the back. And it's like, oh, I could kind of see the puncture wound there. Like, (laughs) it's just unsettling. Well, the the BBFC, the uh, the review board for uh, the British television, British films, the first draft of the script was said to be a study in sadism in which every detail of cruelty and suffering is lovingly dwelt on. And mind you, what we watched was the third edit, which was also edited down by the studio. Yeah, I mean, we, women are raped, women are hung. Yep. Women are set on fire. Uh, there, There's one rape. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. L- lots of allusions to rape yes. outside of that one. Scene. There is one blatant rape. I'm going to stop saying the word. I feel yeah. gross. What yeah. the heck, man? There's you're so many rapes. <laughs> Every, you're ha- you have to go in and bleep these I, I now. mean, it is the inciting incident of like the, second the, act. the, whole, of the whole second and third act yeah. of the movie. So I'm not just saying it to say it. But there is one scene in this movie where a woman is hung on a cross oh, yeah. and engulfed in flames. Yeah. It is one of the single coolest shots in- I have ever seen in any movie 
ever. It is entirely unrealistic. This woman it's goes brutal. up like she is made out of the driest straw in the world. Yeah. But well, it, it is it inspired, cool as shit. That, that and it is scary as fuck, too. It directly inspired the ending of uh, The Wicker Man. Can, mm. can I be honest with you, Matt? Yeah. Don't take this personally. I, I have a feeling what you're about to say, and I'm already ready to be a little mad. <laughs> I feel oh. like the woman burning in this movie is better than the fire in Wicker Man. I'm not oh, saying I, that the fire in Wicker Man isn't like important for the story or whatever, but actual visuals, that woman gets torched. Yeah, when it when it comes to the actual like brutality of what you're watching, that is like the ending of Wicker Man is like it, within the context of the movie. That scene alone, even outside of the context, is freaking insane. And not to mention the branding. I think, honestly, despite that, I think some of the most like brutal stuff in the movie is when uh, Matt, when Hopkins's um, colleague, teammate, um, is just beating the shit out of people in the prison. Some like the the equality. Like I don't know how good those practicals were. Or how viciously they treated the people on the set. But boy, was that hard to watch. There's I don't think I will enjoy this movie. No, there's a whole like two minute scene where this dude is just punching a woman repeatedly. Oh shit. Yeah, it's just because it's 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 depicting the actual torture, maybe not to the same extent, but the actual torture that these people did. I, yeah, I guess and, and yeah, yeah. If you put it, it that it's, way, it's enraging and it's mm-hmm. unfair and it's terrifying because, you know, the the comeuppance these guys get is almost like a revised Grimm's fairy tale where it's like, oh no, but everything was better afterwards. Like these guys are scary motherfuckers with what and they're the- able to get away with, and it feels real right once yeah, again it's not the hollywood visceral. vibe no. of they come on screen and they have the big foreboding ominous i'm evil music they just show up yeah you and, can and, well, and they just do things and and they do these awful things and people just let it happen and well, like, they, they you paid feel... them to do it they the the, the yes. village people pay and in in, in reality like the, these incidences were entertainment uh, when you look at what happened in like the American regions, like when it was in the like the uh, Pilgrim Puritan times, it was literally there was such a little going on, such a hard life to be lived. Watching this brutality was just enjoyable. I think this movie does a great job of illustrating the fact of how how little people understand the brutality of humanity. We are so we are such a short amount of time removed in the grand scheme of humanity from these events that actually took place in the 1600s in England, in little towns you can go and visit and have fucking tea in, like people, the citizens of those towns are in the streets laughing and cheering and enjoying people being drowned because they were like, well, if they if if they don't die, then they then they weren't a witch and we don't have to feel bad. There's a there's a moment. 
in in the movie where a, a, an old woman's being dragged to be to have one of the dipping tests, which is where they would tie witches from th- uh, their they would tie their thumbs to their toes and then dip them on their water. And then if they floated, that meant they were witches. Or if they broke out and started swimming, it meant they were witches. And if they just sunk to the bottom, it would typically meant you drowned. But that also meant you weren't a witch. And the the character says, "Don't you can't kill me. I'm pregnant." And then the response, and then fo- which was then followed by uproarious laughter, is, "Why would anyone have a baby with you, witch?" Jeez, like, yeah, and it, they it all goes laugh. to show. It, it's like what you guys <laughs> talked about it. Like last week's episode was this, these witch hunts. It's like there's no way you can win this. There's the, yeah. like, there's it, the, the rules watch, are set against you no yep. matter what. But and they, yeah. and it was treated as it was legal. So ever people like yeah. the real Matthew Hopkins and in the movie was paid to do this. He was like hired to come into towns and do this for people. Um, and there's a lot of de- like a lot of he claimed. And we don't have to get into the history of Matthew Hopkins' life here, but he claimed that he was working for the crown and was sent by the kingdom. When in reality, that's really not really known. He's just kind of doing his own thing. He's a sick bastard. Like, I'm just reading yeah. this. Like, real Matthew Hopkins was only in his mid-20s, blah, 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 in 1645 and died before he was 30. Yeah, he, di- he died he's, of TV. What a bitch. He ex- executed more than 300 people, mainly women, during their two to three yep. year of witch hunting, considering that 500 people in total were executed for witchcraft in England between the late 15th and late 18th century. It means that Hopkins was responsible for two thirds of these ac- uh, executions during the period of three years. This guy is an asshole, man. Yeah, well, and, and Haxon, even Haxon tries to paint this period in history in the movie. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it tells you about this, but then when you see it, and and to a large extent, the Witchfinder General kind of plays up the intensity of it, maybe. <laughs> but you have to wonder when you start to read the real history how much the the message of that this movie kind of plays up, um, or like heavily fictionalizes his life. Really, I I think they might have fictionalized the circumstances of the movie where where what happened is Hopkins goes to a town. He was called to go there because people in the town don't like the priest and say he's a Satanist, which has no evidence. And then him and his crony literally torture him and three other people in town. And they they keep all the trials and legalities of it off screen, which is I think is an amazing it's not it doesn't make you feel good, but it makes sense. Um, and they torture and force confessions out of all of these people. And one of the confessions is a man literally gurgling from getting beat, beat so hard. And then they force another person to claim that it was an, um, uh, that it was a confession. Um, and unfortunately, um, one of, unfortunately for the two, uh, villains in the movie, the love interest is the daughter or the niece of this priest who's murdered. And as they're so- getting ready to leave town. Uh, the crony of Matthew Hopkins decides to rape her because he was uh, he was jealous of Matthew Hopkins for having hooked up with her. Um, so real quick, Matthew Hopkins, he died at 27 years old, presumably of tuberculosis. Yeah, consumption. He called himself the Witchfinder General, although no one ever officially gave him that title. Yeah, yeah. And he's responsible for not just killing over 300 people, most of which women. He killed over 300 women. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very, which sen- is, very similar to Hydra Kramer, who wrote the Maleficus Mal- uh, Maleficarum. Yeah, there is but, a but think deep, about that deep hatred that. of women. Twenty-seven years old is when he died. Uh huh. And he killed three hundred people. That's got to rank really high on like the personal kill counts. He has he in has, history. He has one of the highest personal kill counts of anyone. That so, I know which, of which also history. tells me that the Witchfinder like, General like, movie pot and shit. <laughs> yeah, which, which also because he didn't die by getting bloodily axed to death and then shot in the face. Ugh. That means that this movie is in many ways the cocaine bear of its era. <laughs> what? Oh, I I guess. I guess that's one way of putting it. Yep. Well. One of the interesting things um, about the original script is we do legitimately have um, a very different ending to what was supposed to happen in the film. And I think this would have been really interesting. Um, And I I wanted to see it just to see this man um, get tortured. Um, So in the original ending, uh, Stern or Sterna, the assistant to Matthew Hopkins, falls in with a group of gypsies and attempts to rape one of their women. Who successfully uh, fight Roma, oh, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, Romani people. It's it says Romani. Yeah, it's yes. gypsies in the quote. Sorry, um, in of the Romani people, um, and they beat him off. And who successfully fights off her attacker by plunging her thumbs into his eyes, blinding him. The Romani women then stake him to death. Marshall nice. arrives, convinces the uh, the Romani women to assist him in ambushing Hopkins. Hashem, uh, Hopkins is then viciously bitten by Marshall, who then forces him to confess to being a witch. Ty partially drowns him in the same way he drowned the women in the movie, and then slowly hangs him on screen. Uh, that was the original uh, ending, and one of the main reasons for them not including this this subplot and this way and this way of killing the characters at the end is because the producers didn't want to pay for the extras. I I think it works better the way it does on screen. Well, so because his actions directly lead to his downfall other than introducing additional characters. I I think Mm -hmm. the, the ending of this movie, when I think to like all of the, like not, I want to say like abrupt, but just like cavernous endings where you're just left kind of like how wicker man ends. Um, and how several other films have ended. This one has one of the most brutal last like five minutes. And primarily that last scream. Yeah. Like it's the, the last like 30 seconds. Because it, you know, I mean, it's free to watch on YouTube. Yeah, it's right? free to watch. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll most be, of the stuff it'll be we've on been four, watching. It'll be on fourth times the charms uh, Reddit page. Yes, r slash 4TTC, the subreddit. Honk, honk. Um, I find that... I, what I think is so good about the ending is that it it's a very... Um, it's a very empathetic movie. Mm-hmm. And so you go into it and you're like, yeah, man, fucking revenge. Like, let's go, you know, like you're really worked up like the protagonist. And then the end comes around and, and, and when the end actually proceeds as it does, you're like, oh, fuck. 
Yeah, it's not. You don't. Get, you don't get the release. You don't. You don't get. get the satisfaction that you feel like you should get. Instead, it's like, oh my god, everything is awful now. Yeah, it's like, like it's 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 worse than than the feeling you're left with. Like this, what you're looking for ten minutes before the ending of the movie, and you think you're gonna get what you're given is something so much more painful. Yeah, like, and it's you know like, what? I, I think the alternate title to this movie makes a lot more sense than Witchfinder General, based on what I'm hearing from both of you guys. The you, alternate title that? is called The Conqueror Worm. Yeah, and that was and they did that because of the studio's like frequent connection to making Edgar and Allan Poe movies. And yeah. they wanted to connect the movie to that uh like media cinematic universe. <laughs> Jeez. But he is he is a worm. He's a slimy piece of shit. Oh my god. It's it's honestly one of the best endings to a horror film. Yeah. I There's... can remember. Just because it's it's really hard to have a sixty year old movie mm-hmm. still resonate with you the same way that yeah. you know it, it you feel like it should have before. And what's even crazier is that it's such deep, complex emotions. Yeah, and, and very, I was very there few with it the whole time. Pull it off. I think we see it in like we saw it in Wicker Man in '73, um, yep. and we we might see it in Ben's homework for next week, um, oh. and Monty's homework. But what outside of movies like that, maybe um, Midsummer by Ari Aster, we do not see that kind of like harsh reality and brutality pulled off like almost ever, like at least in a successful manner. It's not until like the modern day with like directors like Robert Edgars and Ari Aster, who are really playing on these, like these themes and inspirations from these movies. Do we see anyone actually pull off an ending where the main character, the main character's like significant partner is just shrieking in madness on screen after what's happened to them. Like Jeez. not very many movies that have, have the balls or have the production to pull that off. Yeah. For fucking real. Well, Matt, what happened to the, uh, to the brainchild of this movie? Well, he, uh, the movie got a lot of notoriety and fame. Uh, and some of that is, is, is levered at the fact that, very quickly after um, the movie, less than six months after filming, uh, Michael Reeves uh, died of an overdose combi- of combined alcohol and barbiturates, um, which is really, you know, not the way you want to go out. Um, at, right after shooting it, he had to, he was working on an adaptation of the Oolong Box. Uh, but couldn't yeah. get the project off the, the ground. Oblong box. Oblong, sorry. Oblong. Oblong. Yep. Um, and in a combination of insomnia and depression, he took tablets and received a variety of treatments and psychiatric, uh, um, like internment. And then he uh, he OD'd uh, of an accidentally, accidentally yeah. according yeah. to the uh, to the lore. He was um, only twenty five. A real a real great ending. And he only ever had produced four films. So at some point in time, we're going to have to... Oh, actually, we really only made three films. 
we're gonna have to watch all three of his films and i i'm very excited by the 1967 film the sorcerer which is starring boris karloff Um, oh no oh no 60s boris karloff yeah called the sorcerer (laughs) he turns them on he turns them off to live to love die or kill (laughs) and what what is what is his other film uh his other his other release is the she beast (laughs) which is a 1966 uh horror film and it's his directorial debut and it stars barbara Steele, john carsley and ivan ogilvy who i don't know who the poster for this is amazing uh it's it says um uh deadlier than dracula wilder than a werewolf more frightening than frankenstein it the wasn't she a big enough beast it wasn't a big enough movie to have its own poster it no. shares it with the embalmer which i also desperately want to watch <laughs> hey it My looks goodness. it looks like you know what the makeup for i'm just looking at pictures here the she beast the makeup looks kind of like the david cronenberg's fly the fly that, that makes me did. very afraid to watch it because <laughs> the david Cur- the fly is one of the most like visually especially the fly too the body is horror? one of the most visually yeah. disturbing body horror films ever put to pe- ever put to film really well so, a really good remake of the classic i have to mm-hmm. say the boris karloff's the sorcerers mm-hmm. currently holds a 100 percent on rotten tomatoes well nice. we're gonna have to change that um <laughs> that 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 brings us to an end so ben after the uh the whiplash of being surprised by a 1960s extremist film uh what what's your final review where do you put this in the, the pantheon of full core and uh what do you what do you recommend for people to go and check out i give it a four and a half out of five i right. give it four out of four charms really fantastic movie uh, I, I think you, I think you're really scratching a niche here. Matt. Oh, I'm, I, I think that niche is also kind of <laughs> neat. This is important. Um, subversive. I, I found it very important to both explore the origins of not only Lovecraftian horror, but the or- origins of my one of my favorite film genres, folk horror. Now, Ben, we've watched Haxon, which started all of it. Um, we've now watched Witchfinder General, which is the first semi-modern film. Um, to take full core to the next level and now we have the follow-up which is sometimes considered one of the best horror movies in the folk genre uh full core genre considered maybe the true progenitor of the genre as a whole it is the blood on satan's claw directed by pierce haggard written by robert wayne simons and and that's a classic uh, starring Patrick Weinmark and Linda Hayden. Um, and amazingly, um, the cinematographer was Dick Bush. Um, <laughs> this 18th century set uh, film also takes you around the deformed nature of what the mystic and the evil can bring. And we will watch that next time. When... Well, uh, I, I, I guess, I guess Matt's uh I guess Matt's co-opted this in segment here and he's flipped the order. So he's given me a second thing in a row. Well, I want Monty Everything's to watch it crazy. too. 
but but that means but that means Monty, I need to give you homework then, which which I was entirely prepared for, but I think I can prepare something for you, Monty. What what vibe do you want going into this? You can next still week? give me homework, Matt. You <laughs> couldn't do your homework for last week. How am I supposed to expect you to do homework for this week? That's belying the circumstances in which those homework wasn't done. Anyway, so what are my choices? Whore. Well, (laughs) well, Monty, give me a vibe. What vibe do you want? Let's do a movie. I'm in for a movie. Okay. Well, hey, Monty, Um, you can watch The Blood and Satan's Claw. (laughs) I think that's a great film to watch. Monty. Ben decide. I think. You should watch it. And I and I have an excellent movie for you to watch. It is a uh, it's an older movie, but it's quite a good one. I want you to watch the blood on Satan's claw. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! And, no and, and way. I want you to tell me what you think of Satan's big meaty claws. How do you know Satan has meaty claws? Ben's intimately connected. That's right. And I didn't connect just the first, second, or third time. I connected when the fourth (laughs) time was the charm. Good night and good morning. R slash 4TTC is our Reddit page. Follow us on Instagram at 4 times the charm official. Or go to 4TTC.org. I guess that's it. <laughs> All right, Forever we're finally over. <laughs> no, you gotta say the line. Talk to y'all later.